Welcome to the Mocktail Hour. Yay, we're back. We are. The Mocktail Hour. For the sober curious. And the alcohol free. As fuck. FF. I'm Sunny. And I'm Cynthia. And we're coming to you live from the island city of Alameda, California. And we're your mockologists and hosts for the next half hour or so. That's right. We are your mockologists, not to be confused with mixologists, um, which is like just the silliest thing ever, don't you think? Yes. If you're going to be an ologist of something, mixing seems a little silly. Uh, Anyway, so we weren't always sober. I, for one, spent years as somebody with a discerning taste for alcohol and all the finer things in life. I always started my evening with the top-shelf tequila, um, though by the end of the evening, there was no telling how low I would go. Mm, tequila was never my friend, Cynthia. <laughs> no agenda for you or for ourselves, except to have some fun and share some recipes and stories. That's right. And I, I'm suggesting, Sunny, that we spontaneously share something about ourselves that nobody else knows. Just, you know, whatever comes to mind. Do you Other want me than- to go first or do you want to go first? It doesn't have to, it doesn't have, to have anything to do with sobriety. Just, okay. Just fun. Or the fact that I have a chihuahua on my lap right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, about you to know, interrupt our podcast there's no way to really confirm that i mean you could say that you have an octopus on your lap or plural octopuses octopi it's not octopi i just learned that recently pie is not right it's pusses Ooh, sexy (laughs) (laughs) well i don't have an octopus on my lap but well you know this but nobody else knows that i'm wearing an especially attractive pair of pants today. I did notice. They're like regular jeans. They are. This is totally out of character for you. I'm worried. Oh, yeah. But you're happy for me, aren't you? I am. I know know you were worried about me. (laughs) Because Sunny usually sees me wearing like some kind of sweatpant pajama variation. (laughs) Hiking trail Marin mom look. Yeah. No, that's me. Marin mom. <laughs> MM. So what did I did I say what, you, what nobody knows about me? Yeah. Are we talking about the fact that you wear jeans? That's your shocking secret? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just really want to be able to wear jeans because, you know, every time I go into a clothing store, the lady will come over and say, oh, that's so cute. It goes great with jeans. Like everything in the store goes great with jeans. And I'm like, I don't like to wear jeans. So what do you have for me now? I think you need to delve into the as seen on TV world of the pajama jean. What's the pajama jean? The pajama jean is the online as seen on TV at 2 (laughs) a.m. Luxury lifestyle of the pajama jean. It looks like jeans, but it's really pajamas inside. Oh, my God. I, that, I'll email you a link. Okay, that's good. I mean, pajama <laughs> jean, that's kind of like little babies wearing jeans. You know how yes, you see little babies wearing jeans? Just the printed jeans? pockets on the back. Right. Maybe they've got like a little fur 
little fur collar or something that they're wearing with well, the jeans. Well, I love jeans, but you got to be able to kick and stretch. Okay. Well, that isn't that shocking about me. I'm trying to think something else that's something else that's interesting about me. Um, something nobody knows. Mm-hmm. I love something that I love that nobody knows that I love. Ooh. Um, candy corn. I oh, just, I like biting the little white part off the top, oh, I'm and ch- and then maybe biting the white part off a couple of other pieces of candy corn. Oh my god! And then and then in true OCD fashion, then biting the yellow part. What? And finishing up with the. I can't orange. hang with that. That's making me nauseous. <laughs> I mean, candy corn is one thing, but having a specific way to eat it is yeah. another. I, I try to change it up. You know, I, I'll start from the orange part and work up the other way. I need <laughs> well, okay. So speaking of nauseating, um, we have a mocktail. It's time to make our mocktail for the day. Oh, yes. Fun. Today, um, our mocktail is called a Grove and Tonic. Mm-hmm. And it's a recipe from Seedlip. Um, that's I've heard about them. Yeah. Seedlip. Seedlip drinks. Dot com is their website mm-hmm. and, y- and you know we don't have sponsors yet right we don't yet and uh, there's a lot of discussion and maybe controversy in sobriety circles about alcohol substitutes oh yeah right? you know yeah like like you don't want to drink something that's too much like alcohol or that reminds oh, you of so alcohol. it'll push you back into drinking. Right. And I, I'm sure we're going to talk about that more mm-hmm. in the coming episodes. But anyway, if you're you're okay with something that kind of feels like alcohol, mm-hmm. not feels, but reminds you of alcohol, Seedlip is one of many purveyors of a non-alcoholic beverage that isn't club soda. and But they've gone out of their way to create a taste that's not unlike alcohol. Ooh. Wow. So if you like the taste and you're fond of mixing poison to great effect, you'll be relieved to know that you can do that same shit without including alcohol. That's right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Seedlip has made these potions. They're putting all kinds of stuff in there, like, you know. Swedish moss and... What? Swedish moss and... Swedish moss, (laughs) hair of the dog... That kind of thing. And um, it really does taste like medicine. It's really, it's pretty ghastly. Oh. But. I do love a Camparian soda, though. Yeah, so I think you might, you might like the seed lip spirits. Spirits without the buzz. But, Sunny, you were about to um, go through the, the recipe. I was. So, yes, let's get a highball glass going. Oh, here, let me get them. Oh, thank you. You're so handy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lots of ice. Yes, here, let me um, just put these cubes in the glass. Super. Uh, seed lip grove potion. Is that like the eucalyptus grove, stern grove? It's some, I don't know, some kind Sounds of Sounds very groo- green. Groovy, groovy. Oh, it smells green too. Wow. Mm. Add some tonic. Mm. And garnish with whatever Swedish moss or Mexican cinnamon stick that you have laying around the house. Can you put a little more um, tonic in mine? 
Sure. Please just top it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so it's not so med- medicinal. And um, I think maybe a, a twist of orange or something would be nice. Yeah. Um, here, I'm just going to reach into our condiments container and put that in there. There we go. Cool. Okay, ready? Shall we Shall we taste? Yes. Yum. Oh, that's, that's, uh, I mean, that really does that. I'm sorry that that pretty much tastes like. I'm like, enjoying it. I couldn't take a lot of it, but I do love like a Campari and soda bitters type yeah. of drink. I find it interesting, but well, small I, amounts for I sure. I think bitter is the operative word here. It's, it's that, but it's that good, bad taste that, that we get. Yes, that we've been trained to push through as kids. That's right. When <laughs> from the time our daddy handed us a, you know, a beer and said, "Want to try this?" Oh, in my case, it was a Bartles and James. Do you remember those? No. Oh my God! You lived through the eighties. Well, yeah. Wine coolers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not remember them? I never had a wine. I wasn't a wine drinker at that time. Well, these were wine coolers. These were like training wheel booze for young teenagers in the oh. 80s. See, I'm a little older than you. And yes. what we had was like Boone's Farm. Oh. It was called Boone's Farm, and you could get it at 7-Eleven if you were lucky. Was it a wine? It was like a super sweet, cheap wine. Ooh. Um, but I was not a wine wine drinker until I was a, mo- a mom. Once I was a mom oh. and I had put on a little tummy, I switched from beer <laughs> beer and hard alcohol. To- that reminds me, I saw a terrible t-shirt yesterday it, and it said, uh, coffee, wine, and Amazon Prime. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. But yes. Yeah, uh, we were we broke our teeth on the Bartles and James, okay. and that was a sweet, sweet concoction, fizzy, mm-hmm. like a pop, you know. Well, um, let me tell you my story for the week. Are you oh, ready? fun! So I'm I'm 18, mm-hmm. and it's the late. 70s, Ooh. and I'm in like full on Joni Mitchell. <gasps> phase. That's something we both hold very dear, even oh. though I'm not of that generation. But I am a Joni Mitchell fanatic. Yeah, well, there's I I have a story sometime about going to the Meriwether Pavilion near Washington D.C. with my best friend from college, Sue, and getting so drunk sitting on the lawn before we heard Joni um, and both of us pretty much weeping through the whole concert because it was so awesome. And then we had to drive home a couple of hours to Richmond, Virginia, and um, Sue fell asleep. Driving? Uh, No, no. (laughs) Sue fell asleep. No, it was worse. You do that in the 70s. You can sleep and drive and drink and... (laughs) Uh, no, she she fell asleep in the passenger seat, which yeah. is worse because I was driving. And you had been drinking. I was just, you know, I was loaded. And I was 
white knuckling it down I-95, trying to get back to Richmond through my tears after seeing Joni oh. sing. But anyway, this was before that. So I was jealous. I was um I had a guitar. I kind of took it everywhere with mm-hmm. me and um peasant dress, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was really pretty young and I'd been invited to a kind of grown-up party, a party at the house of these three 25-year-old boys, I guess men, we should call them. Mm. And um, I don't think I'd ever been to a dinner party. Grown-up party, yeah. Yeah, that was like not my parents' um, party. Mm -hmm. So um, we were all a little bit dressed up and we had, I think there was like a hors d'oeuvre Maybe crudity, crudity. Although I wouldn't have known what to call it, I would just have said just celery up vegetables. <laughs> yeah, and ranch dressing. Sure. Um, and we Thor's day overs. <laughs> and we were we were sitting around the living room. It was just a beautiful summer evening. Like I can still kind of see the the trees outside the window mm. blowing a little bit in the soft breeze, maybe the sun starting to set a little. And we were listening to Chick Korea Return to Forever. Oh. And so that's, you know, jazz. My, my mom had a few albums. I never got into it. Mm-hmm. Well, I was trying mm-hmm. to get in. I was trying to get into a lot of things back then. <laughs> And um, jazz was new to me, that kind of jazz. But I felt really sophisticated and grown up mm. to be having the jazz and the and the crudité. And I was handed a gin and tonic. Your very first, absolutely, my, my very first. And I had, yeah, you know, I didn't. I don't know how I missed that because my parents had parties all the time, but. I didn't really know about gin and tonic, mm-hmm. and everyone was saying, you know, this is the perfect summertime drink, right? So we're all going to have G&Ts, mm-hmm. and I was, I remember the the lime, the fragrance of the lime, and mm. that kind of bubbly sensation in your nose as you put the glass up to your mouth. Mm-hmm. And I took a, a swig, and oh my god, hideous, right? Oh my god, the that worst was worst taste in the world. <laughs> just gross, just so gross. And but of course, I couldn't let on. No, and there had to be something good about it, or why would everybody talk about it that way? So I went ahead and drank my medicine, mm-hmm. and um, I think I must have had. I lost count. I lost count. I had three or four, who knows how many G&Ts. Did you lose your peasant dress, Cynthia? <laughs> <laughs> Did it come off your body? Yeah, that party dress. Uh-oh. That, that party dress was off um, later that evening. And um, I didn't just lose my my dress, but I lost my virginity <gasps> that night. What? Yeah. Yes. First time. First GNT. First fuck. And 
uh, that was uh, with the with the guy, the roommate who had a Martin guitar. Uh, I just want you to know what that what a panty dropper. Yeah, I, you know, only the best for me. Really. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I can't remember much more about it, but that's my story. Wow, that's my story. So um, now it's your turn. Yes. So I don't know. You know, maybe this falls into the what you may not know about me category, but about a year after I got married, we moved to Antwerp, Belgium. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Hmm. I have so many stories. Oh, my God. That's why I'm here. Gosh. In Belgium. (laughs) Yes. And the the way we got there is an even funnier story. My best friend in San Francisco... Um, was dating the CEO of a shipping container company. Mm-hmm. And uh, he moved her over there. <laughs> Did he move her in a shipping container? <laughs> but they moved over there to be at the headquarters, and she absolutely hated it. She didn't have any friends. She was an expat. And they would come for business together, you know, when she she would fly back with him to San Francisco to the head office there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd see them. And, you know, finally he said to me, you know what? I should probably get your husband a job at this company so mm-hmm. my girlfriend can be happy. So that because then you could be there. Yes. Okay. It was a package deal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we... Bounced it around for about a year. You know, it was talk. It was kind of, uh, you know, wouldn't it be great if. Mm-hmm. And then one day a letter came with an offer for a position in uh, the Antwerp office. <laughs> and we were only married a year. I was 23. And oh my God, you got married young. I know. It's barely like, 22. That's like 1950s. Uh, kind of everyone married. said it wouldn't last. <laughs> 23 years and counting. Mm. Um, anyway, so we got this, you know, notice to pack it up and move our lives to Antwerp. And we didn't have anything to lose. We had, you know, very little to speak of. And as far as careers, I think I was working as a makeup girl at the Nordstrom mm-hmm. Westfield Center. And Adrian had a new-ish job that he didn't really have many ties to and we thought what the hell we're young and gets us back to europe and closer to his family oh that's right because adrian is from the uk he is he's an english man (laughs) uh so we we packed up and moved but side story the ceo of this company was the most big-hearted outrageous uh, French guy. Mm-hmm. And this is the guy that my girlfriend was dating at the time. And he loved a glass of wine and he loved his expense account. And we, we just partied on his tab for years. Oh my God. Yeah. Like when, only the finest though, I'm assuming. Oh yeah. I mean, I was 23 eating at, you know, Trevenia and Napa and, you know, all the big, big name restaurants in that during that time in San Francisco. And you can get, I mean, you could get drunk on the best stuff as well. Oh, yeah. But the funny part is, is that I didn't know a shitty wine from a good wine. Right. I just drank them all. 
oh, you know, this is, this is a fine bouquet of a Napa 42. No, it just, you know, whatever was in my glass, I drank it. Mm-hmm. And having an expense account didn't help either with no. moderation because there was no tab. There was no, like, wrap it up. <laughs> so... You know, we settled in over there and I couldn't work because I I didn't have a visa. Mm. So I just hung around Antwerp's cafes all day and smoked and took ballet lessons and (laughs) in the evenings drank wine and went to business dinners with with the gang. But you were were you smoking cigarettes too? Oh yeah. Oh I mean you have to really. Oh when you're in Europe you have to. It's easier than sitting in a smoky room. And especially if you're drinking and and going to ballet. But at that age, you can handle anything, right? That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know how, I don't know how many ballet dancers, you must know a lot of them, but I knew a lot of ballet dancers who, yes, they did a hell of a lot of smoking. Yeah. It's that's just common because it's an appetite suppressant too. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So you stay skinny. You're skinny. Uh huh. And you look cool. Definitely. Because you have a cigarette in your mouth. Yeah. And like I said, it's easier to smoke in a room full of smokers than sit there and breathe secondhand smoke. That's right. So we were at a big fancy, you know, all hands on deck dinner with all everyone from around the world, the CEOs from every location. And they brought out this really nice bottle of wine and they said, Sonny, you know, what do you think about this wine? What kind of notes are you getting from it? And I really thought about it and I smelled it and I looked around and I'm like, you know what? I'm really getting some intense notes of kerosene. (laughs) (laughs) And the whole room fell to pieces. I mean, just could not contain themselves. They thought it was the most ridiculous, hilarious thing the dumb American lady said. Mm -hmm. And especially, you know, Belgian humor, European humor is a little different, mm-hmm. but I mean, kerosene, come on, lady. <laughs> but that was probably, that's probably pretty accurate. It was accurate. In fact, one of the wine nerds at the party said, you're actually really right. It does have a kerosene smell <laughs> to it. <laughs> Let's get some more of this here. Yeah. Pop my glass off, please. Yes, I'll have some more kerosene and light a match while you're at it. <laughs> but, um... Mm. So, yeah, that was a, a solid year. We were supposed to be there three years. Um, unfortunately, we had to wrap it up and come back to the States earlier than planned. But mm-hmm. it was a wild ride of endless parties and endless cigarettes and French fries and fun places to see. And, you know, I was young and we were childless, so it was even better. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to... Um have all kinds of poison. Oh, yeah. Right. T- plenty of poison. Any poison you wanted. The finest yeah. poison. Which brings uh, brings us to the moral of our stories. Mm. Not, that, not that we're moralizing here. No, we never want to point fingers or prostolicize. No. How do you say that? Prostolicize? <laughs> I prostolicize. Tized him. Tized. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Pros- do you have your dictionary handy? We'll have to no, look it up. No, of course not. I'm going to prostolize. See, that's, I can't say it. Um, 
the moral of the story, Mm -hmm. um, in my opinion, is something like this. Alcohol actually doesn't taste good. Mm -mm. It isn't even really an acquired taste. I mean, we can fool ourselves into thinking that we're acquiring a taste Mm -hmm. for it, that we like that bitter shit. But it's it's pretty it's simply addictive and mm-hmm. that's why we keep drinking it. Yeah. Doesn't matter how foul it is. We're drinking it because it wants us. To yes, it's hooked us. Yeah. It's like the cigarettes. It's not like you, you know, like a cigarette the first time. Same thing with drinking. Mm-hmm. To force yourself past that hump. Yeah. It's a rite of a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's necessary. Because there is a whole industry uh, devoted to our impairment. Mm -hmm. All right, enough of that. Um, Resource of the week. One thing you might want to, we already talked about this. Oh, yeah, seed lip. If if you're missing your medicine and you're trying to be sober, uh, check out seed lip Mm -hmm. at seedlipdrinks.com. Oh, and I have a friend... A friend of a friend that's just opened up a dry bar in Berkeley. And so if you're in the Bay Area, it's a woman-owned business uh, called Busy's Dry Bar. So Google it. It's in Berkeley, California. All right. Yeah. And we welcome your mocktails. Send us yours. Follow us on Instagram at The Mocktail Hour and Facebook as well as The Mocktail Hour. And our website's under construction, but tell your friends about us and uh, tune in next time. Thanks, guys. Yes, thank you all. And, and just a reminder, it's Mocktail with a T-A-L-E. And um, by the time you're hearing this, you may be able to go to our website, which is MocktailHour.com cool. with a T-A-L-E. Yay! All right, bye! Bye!